You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And a very good afternoon to you and welcome to the Braves postcast as it was a business fan special at Truist Park and the Braves took care of business against the San Francisco Giants with a 7-6 win to take three out of four in the series. Lots of good stuff to talk about on this episode of the show. And of course, we got a preview, a very big weekend series that is coming for the Braves as they welcome the Dodgers to town. But first things first, we're going to go back through a great day on Thursday as the Braves picked up that victory in the series finale and walk you through all of the big moments from that game. And that, what was, I think, a big series, a big a test for the Braves. After going on a good run against some bad teams, the Braves took three out of four from one of the best teams in the National League West. I'm Grant McCauley. He is Jake Mastriani. This is the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts to Locked On Braves as well. Jake, this was a kind of win and the kind of series that the Braves have been looking for and the kind that they've really been piling up for a while now. This Braves team seems to be hitting its stride, and that's a good thing because the schedule just got a whole lot tougher, and the Braves, I think, just passed a pretty big test. Yeah, as you mentioned, they racked up all those wins against teams below 500, and this was their first real test post that big run, and I think they passed it. And look, all four games were really close. They could have won all four. They could have easily lost all four of these games, but they come out on the good side in three of them and get a huge four-game series win over a playoff contending team, a team that they're battling for in the wild card. Obviously, we have higher hopes than that, getting back to the top of the NL East, but still very important to pick up these wins against the Giants. And the Braves took a step toward getting back to the top of the National League East as the Mets are idle today, and Atlanta was able to pick up another half a game, and that means they are now four games back as they head into the weekend against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Before we get to all of that, which we will, of course, preview here on the Braves postcast, I want to go back through what was a very eventful day for the Braves as they picked up a 7-6 win over the San Francisco Giants in game number 71 of the season. The finale of this four-game series, the Giants, in taking this loss, dropped to 38-31. and 31. Six runs, 14 hits, no errors, and eight men left on base. Braves now a season-high 11 games over 500, 41-30, with seven runs on 10 hits, no errors, eight men left aboard. Kyle Wright picked up the win. He's 8-4. and four. It was kind of an up-and-down day for him. He really had to battle not only the Heat, but also the Giants lineup, which was making him work quite a bit on this day. He picks up that victory again, a staff-high eighth win of the season against four defeats. Alex Wood, meanwhile, he did not have to stay in the Heat for very long as his day ended in the second as the Braves knocked him around big time in that frame. He drops to 5-6 and six on the year, and Kenley Jansen locked down the save, number 19 on the season for him. The uh, time of game was three hours, eight minutes, and a crowd of 36,870 were on hand to see it at a very, very warm Truist Park on a Thursday afternoon. A couple of home runs in this game. They belong to Dansby Swanson, who continues his push toward the All-Star game. And I think at this point, he's got to be punching his ticket pretty soon here. This was another great day for him. We usually start with the pitchers, Jake, but... What Dansby's been doing here, this should be making headlines for the Braves because as we've talked about over the last three, four weeks, if not longer, I think Dansby's been the Braves MVP thus far this season, and he deserves a spot in the All-Star game. Yeah, without a doubt. And we'll be talking about more on that on the Lockdown Braves podcast, but he's about first and second in every uh, category among NL mm-hmm. shortstops. I mean, it's really he, he and Trey Turner. You know, one of them can start, but both of them will likely be there. Dansby Swanson should certainly be there with what he's doing. And we've seen hot stretches from Dansby. This is no longer just a hot stretch. He's just playing 
really good baseball. I mean, there's we've talked about there's no more adjectives to put on him with what he's doing. It's just every day now he's going out there and putting together good at bats, making a huge impact. And yes, he is the Braves team MVP for this season. And that's pretty clear. And he should be in the all-star game. Hopefully fans are out there voting. But either way, even if he's not a starter, I think he's going to be there. He should be there. And he was big. Set the tone early on this game, on this day, on Thursday, with that leadoff home run up to the leadoff spot. And then, again, that's the thing. He's bad at the top of the lineup. He's bad at the bottom of the lineup during this stretch. And it just doesn't matter. He's performing wherever you put him. The bat, again, on Wednesday, you know, falling behind in that about coming back, taking the ball out to center field, which we've seen him do multiple times now over the last couple of weeks. Uh, again, he's doing it all, and not even to mention the defense. I mean, a war of over three, according to fan graphs right now, tops on the team, tops among all NL shortstops. So, yes, he should be at the All-Star game. I think he will be there. Yeah, I would imagine he'll be one of several Braves in the contingent as Brian Snitker is managing the National League All-Star Club as well. So, if Dansby does not get in, I would say the player vote will have a lot to do with it. And, of course, you got your skipper there, so that doesn't hurt. But the numbers back it up, as you just alluded to, Jake, and these numbers for Dansby on the season, now batting 302 At any point through 70-plus games in a season, Dansby Swanson hitting over 300 had not been a thing throughout his young career. 266 was the highest that he had been batting at any point this late into a season. And he has certainly blown that away, along with all expectations, reasonable or otherwise, for what he would be doing as far as pro production at the plate this year. 302 on the year, 372 in the month of June, and almost 340 since back on April the 22nd. So uh, quite a run through the last 57 games, the great defense, the timely hitting, the run scoring, the runs knocked in. This is a guy that is on pace for a 100-run season, 25 homers, 90 runs knocked in, 25 steals. This is an all-around great season season for Dansby Swanson. Otherwise, the Braves would drive this offense through a red-hot month of June as Atlanta is now 18-3 and on the month. Travis Darnot was also hot on this day for him. How about Braves catchers, Jake? We've talked about him. We've talked about William Contreras, and they just continue to hit. And it's 18 home runs combined between the two, 48 runs knocked in. That's just when they start at the catcher position, tops in baseball in both of those categories, and by a lot in both of those categories as well. If you want to do on pace again, I love doing it. And we're approaching about halfway through the season. So it kind of uh, becomes more and more and more of a trend. Braves catchers are on pace for 41 home runs and 110 runs knocked in. That is big time production from behind the plate. That's big time production from any position. Yeah, it is. And it's huge with what the, these two guys are doing right now. And it just seems like, you know, they're flip-flopping every other day. You know, William Contreras with big at-bats. On Wednesday, comes up with some key hits. And then here it is, Travis Darno back up there today in the two spot and gets three hits on the day. So it really is incredible what the Braves catching catchers are doing. We didn't know what we'd get out of William Contreras this year, and he has been a huge contributor for this team. And then we know what Travis can do when healthy, and he has been looked healthy all season, especially you know coming off the injury he had last year, going into the postseason last year, catching every inning. And now coming into this season, he has just been absolutely great. And again, we talked about it on here as well. I love what Contreras is doing behind the plate. I think you saw that in Wednesday's game as well. We know Travis Darno calls a good game back there. So they've been everything you could ask for and more. Yeah, they really have. And the Braves are really happy to see that production as Atlanta's lineup overall has really started to come together. And both of those men and their combined efforts behind the plate, a big driving force behind the Braves offense, hitting its stride 
in the month of June. We'll talk a little bit more about what happened on the mound for Kyle Wright in particular on this day. Before we do, though, I want to remind you to make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on sports listeners get $50 off a purchase of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement pieces. Use the code locked on. That is code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, arrives in discreet packaging, and won't give away what's inside. So you can shop stress free and find your forever peace at bluenile.com today. Now, on the mound for Kyle Wright, it was a little bit of a challenge. The Giants, they were hitting them where they ain't, as the old saying goes, pushing them through the right side when the Braves were in the shift in the first inning. But he was the recipient of four double plays on the day, and that helped him navigate his way at least into the sixth inning before he ultimately ran into a bit too much trouble. Five and a third, ten more hits um, for Kyle on this day. A walk, four strikeouts. He did allow a home run. He also hit three batters. So there were base runners all over the place in this one. And I don't know, the last couple of outings, you know Kyle Wright likes to go out there and throw strikes. I think that's evidenced by the fact he's not walking a lot of hitters. But it seems like through some bad batted ball luck and also maybe just a change in the approach of opposing lineups and opposing hitters, you know, Kyle Wright with his strike throwing uh, penchant might be needing to make a little bit of an adjustment just based on the, the sheer number of hits we saw in the last couple of starts in particular. Yeah, back to back games giving up double digit hits. There's something to that, you know, whatever it may be. I know some of these are just kind of sneaking through on the infield. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there probably is some sort of adjustment there. I haven't really done a deep dive to see what it might be. But I, again, the Giants we saw throughout this entire series. Look, they may not have a ton of household names, but everybody up and down that lineup will battle you at the plate. And I think we saw that in this series. So, but but good to Kyle Wright. And we talked about this throughout all the year, all, all season as well, is these are starts two years ago. He's out after the second inning and he's yep. given up six earned. You know, he still managed to get through five. You know, I know Snicker really wanted to get him through six because you had the big lead, just wasn't able to do that and maybe should have got him out there a little bit earlier on such a hot day, but Still, for him to be able to battle through that, get through five innings, the double plays were huge. And you're talking about a day where Riley's not in there. Obviously, Albies isn't in there as he's hurting out for a while. So you had Gosselin, you had Arcia in there, along with Dansby, obviously, at shortstop. And they turned those four double plays, which were key and huge for getting him out of those messes and those jams because he did have a ton of base runners, a ton of traffic all day long. So it probably is at a point now where Wright you know, needs to take a look at these past two games, see what he can do. Uh, to make some adjustments, and I, I think he's at a point now where he's earned that mm-hmm. uh, that right, that opportunity to to get through those, and I think he has the confidence now to be able to navigate navigate through that and make those adjustments. So I have all the confidence in the world that he will. Yeah, he had to work hard on a hot day, and and that of course is, and you can have all the best laid plans, and you can do a lot of different you know research and video and make some adjustments. It's not about reinventing who he is anymore. He should be very confident in the pitcher that he is. It's just the little things that come up throughout a start or between starts. And I'm sure that Kyle Wright, along with Travis Darno, William Contreras will continue to work hard in that regard to just make sure that he remains on track and continues to do the things he's been doing because he's been a huge part of the Braves success here. I want to throw a little bit out there as far as praise is concerned to kind of one of, I feel like the unsung heroes of the Braves bullpen. And that's Jesse Chavez. He came in, got right out of trouble in that sixth inning, then was able to pitch the seventh. This is a guy that was picked up from the Chicago Cubs, basically, who, I don't know, just, I don't know if it was buyer's remorse or what it was. They just decided they didn't need him, and they traded him over to the Braves or back to the Braves for Sean Newcomb. Kind of crazy to see this. The Braves get a part they're familiar with after a very limited time away from them, 
plug him right back in. He doesn't miss a beat. And he's, I think, gotten some big outs and made some big appearances for this Braves team and been a big reason why this bullpen has been able to kind of bend but not break despite some injuries and inconsistency. Yeah, came in in a big spot, got some big strikeouts. And, you know, who would have thought it? You know, Sean Newcomb's already been DFA'd by the Cubs. And here is Jesse Chavez pitching like an ace coming out of the bullpen. So he yeah. has been huge. And, and all those guys have contributed. And it, it's been just kind of awesome to see. And that's why it's kind of, um, puzzling whenever these bullpen arms gives up some runs as they did the other night. I mean, Jackson Stevens, Dylan Lee, Jesse Chavez, all these guys that kind of come in in those middle innings have been really huge for the Braves. Yeah, they have. Again, I'll, I'll call them the unsung heroes, but by the end of the year, I think we're going to have sung their praises quite a few times, and I think we already have here on the Braves postcast as well. But, you know, you brought this up earlier as far as the Braves defense was concerned. There was, you know, a little bit of a, a different personnel makeup with that Orlando Arcia of course is out there with Ozzy Albies out a day off for Austin Riley but how about a day in which the Braves offense scores seven runs they do it with no Acuna with no Duvall and with no Riley and they had no problem being able to beat the Giants and in doing so with the Mets idol they did pick up a half a game in the standings now four games out that means with this 18 and three month of June the Braves have made up six and a half games in the standings in what amounts to three weeks. Jake, this is officially, this is more than just a winning streak against bad clubs. This has been a hot streak that has gotten the Braves right back to where they wanted to be, and that is in contention in the National League East and with their eyes on a playoff spot, not just a wild card, but a playoff spot and winning this division for a fifth consecutive time. Yeah, and they're no longer just back in it. They can feel it. They can sense it. They're close enough now where you can go and grab it. And we've talked about it with all the games they have left against the Mets. And you got to you know keep an eye on the Phillies, too, who have been just as hot during this stretch, and they're right behind the Braves. But, I mean, they've, they've done exactly what they needed to do. And, you know, getting through this stretch as well, you got this 10-game stretch. You've already played four against the Giants. you got three against the Dodgers, three against the Phillies. So finishing off this stretch as well. And then you have 20 straight games leading up to the all-star break as well that is going to be a difficult stretch to get through so getting to that all-star break you know being under five games within first place of the division that's exactly where i think the raids want to be but i just think they have the confidence we talked about it after wednesday's game this team just feels it now they're not out of any game and they just have the confidence that they can win these close games against good teams like we saw them do in this giant series yeah, and they should be feeling it. Another one in the win column on Thursday as they knock off the Giants, take three out of four in the series from a good club, a team with October aspirations of its own, and the Braves able to match up quite nicely and get themselves ready for what is ahead. And that is a three-game weekend series against our old friend Freddie Freeman and the Los Angeles Dodgers, the very tried-and-true foe of the Atlanta Braves. When we talk about the postseason in October, what a bunch of battles and clashes between these two teams. And they're going to meet again here in the middle of the regular season on what is sure to be a memorable weekend at Truist Park. We'll get you set for that in a moment. Before that, though, I want to let you know about Athletic Greens because right now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's, that's all it is. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network. That's athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Well, as I mentioned, it is the Los Angeles Dodgers coming to town. The Atlanta Braves will be hosting them and I don't know. It's kind of like a, you know, a bizarro type of what if comic book scenario in which Freddie Freeman is in Dodger blue. I mean, we've got had quite a while to get used to that, but this is his first trip back to Atlanta to Truist Park. Last time that he was in that ballpark, the Braves were celebrating their World Series championship with a big parade and 
and an event with their fans. And a lot of things have transpired clearly. And I don't think we need to rehash all of it. But I do think, Jake, emotions will be high as Freddie Freeman receives his World Series ring in front of what is sure to be a sellout crowd at Truist Park as the Braves and Dodgers open their series on Friday. Yeah, it'll be it'll be emotional. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago, you know, already anticipating this series. And I think me as a fan, I'm kind of over it. I've moved on, but the emotions of this weekend are going to be there and they will all be brought back. I, I think and I, I say that because I think as a lot of Braves fans, I think we've gone through the I don't want to say grieving process. We didn't lose, you know, somebody, but it, to a lot of fans it was. And I think we've gone through that and kind of moved on, but bringing him back to Atlanta, I think it's going to be very emotional for Freddie Freeman. Obviously, it'll be emotional for the fans that are there in attendance. Him getting that ring on Friday is going to be very emotional. So it'll be a big weekend. I know they're already adding standing room only tickets. So, mm-hmm. look, my biggest thing, I hope Freddie gets the ovation that he deserves yep. for what he did for the city of Atlanta, what he did for this Braves team, what he meant. Yeah, you know, everybody has their their disgruntlements for how everything went down. And I was reading the, the Mark Bowman uh, article about that, just kind of, you know, reading back over everything and how it played out. I never thought Freddie Freeman wouldn't be an Atlanta brave. I thought he would always be here for the rest of his career. It was shocking to me. Um, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be emotional seeing him come back and not be in an Atlanta Braves uniform. And again, I just hope he gets, gets the ovation, gets the applause that he deserves for all that he did for this franchise and how long that he was here going through a rebuild, winning an MVP, winning a World Series. He did a lot of good things for this franchise. Yeah, I'll, I'll echo all of that. I feel like Freddie Freeman left it all out there on the field in the 10-plus years that he was the first baseman for the Atlanta Braves in the face of the franchise for much of the latter portion of that. Yeah, stuck with the club after coming up, having a little bit of success, went through that rebuild. And who knew how good the Braves were going to come out the other side. And Freddie was a huge part of that. So I expect him to get a very big and very warm ovation when he receives that World Series ring. I would expect that to carry over into that first at bat, most likely. And who knows what the mixed reaction will be like from that point on. Because, you know, you are putting on the colors of a different team. And that does change the overall lens by which you'll be viewed. And regardless of the circumstances, I think that there is a moment there. And it should be a moment to really appreciate the the commitment and and all the contributions that Freddie made to the Braves over his time here. So we'll see how that all plays out. I'm excited to see it, excited to get down to the ballpark early and hear from Freddie Freeman. I'm sure that he is going to have a lot of people asking a lot of questions that he has been answering for a while, and it's going to feel a little bit different being in the visitor's clubhouse mm-hmm. at Truist Park. So we'll see how it all plays out. It's the first of three against the Dodgers on Friday. Freddie Freeman returns, but so do the rest of the L.A. club, and they're awfully good. The Braves know all about that. They saw them. Back in April, it's Ian Anderson on the mound, six and three, a four thirty-five ERA. Julio Urias is going to be on the mound for the Dodgers, four and six, but a sparkling two five six ERA. He'll be on the hill for the Dodgers. That's your pitching matchup. Seven twenty p.m. Eastern time is the first pitch at Truist Park. That brings us to the end of the Braves postcast, part of the all new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you subscribe here on YouTube and make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it was a great day for the Braves and picking up another win and securing another series victory, 7-6 final over the San Francisco Giants. For Jake Masteriano, I'm Grant McCauley. We look forward to catching you soon as the Braves and Dodgers will clash this weekend. But until then, so long, everyone.